You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. All right, come on, isn't that awesome? Thank you, guys. All right. You guys want to hear a testimony? Yeah, yeah I like testimonies. Uh, what was it, a week ago, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I guess, we took a group of students to New York City. Um, and it was four adults and how many, seven or eight youth, high schoolers, eight high schoolers, Sometimes it was kind of like herding cats, um, but we had a great time. It was fantastic. We were there just doing the whole theater thing and experiencing New York, doing what you do when you go to New York. Um, but they had set up um, on our last day there to do uh, some outreach, and we partnered up with a uh, um, local YWAM couple that used to be here in Orlando who are now living in Harlem who came down on the subway, met us at Grand Central Station for us just to do a little worship in the subway, um, and just to just spread the love of Jesus around. And I, I don't know about you guys, that is the place to be to do ministry. If you ever want to sing and have a group sing and do something, do it in the subway. The effects in there are fantastic. <laughs> it sounds so good. It's perfect reverb, perfect <laughs> reverb. So whenever they're playing and they're singing, their voices were just ringing out. It was like, this is like angelic. Um, one of the testimonies we had was, I don't remember who said it, but uh, we're, we're standing in Grand, Grand Central, in a wing of Grand Central Station. Has anybody ever been there? It's like, I mean, it's huge. It's enormous. This place is like a city in and itself. We were in Grand Central, went downstairs into the actual subway system. We're in one of the hallways where a connector is, and the group of students just started playing a guitar and singing worship right there in the subway. And people... Some of them would just walk by. Others would stop and listen. Um, one of them had stopped and told one of the students, I believe, I've never heard anything like this before. Isn't that awesome? I've never heard it. It's not like they had never heard music before. They had never heard anything like that before. What's the difference? It's all about the name of Jesus, isn't it? When we lift up the name of Jesus, just something began to resonate in their heart, and they're like, this is amazing. I've never heard anything quite like this before, asking whether we're from and all that. And... Uh, and they also had a sign. I think I was the only one holding it. It said, free prayer, <laughs> which is a big part of what we do around here. If you hang around here long enough, you'll know that, especially through our OSSM, our school that we have here, um, this is a big part of what we do. So I'm holding a little sign that says, free prayer. And, you know, for me, when I get into that mode where I'm doing that kind of stuff, you know how you, if you're, if you're one of the people that's in the subway and somebody's trying to sell you something, you don't want to catch eye contact with them. You know what I'm talking about, right? All of a sudden, you do this. You pull out your phone. You're like, I got to look at my phone. Because you don't want to make the eye contact with the, with the individual. I saw that happening. I'm sitting there holding that sign, free prayer, and you could feel the awkwardness in it. But I'm like, oh, greater is he that is in me. And I'm knowing that at some point, this is going to connect. The team's leading worship. It's just running down the hall of this place. I'm holding up this sign for free prayer, and I see someone do this to me. They go, 
and they do a double take, and I'm like, yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so immediately I start walking over to them, and I just ask them, do you need prayer for anything? This is why we're here. And uh, I think the first one I ran into said, yeah, I need you to, I need you to pray for me. I've got um, sciatic pain. And I said, great. I believe God will heal you. And, and she talked a little bit, and I think she wasn't really engaging where I wanted to take it, but I just kept coming back to, you know, I really believe God's going to heal you. So I asked her, I said, on a scale of 1 to 10, where is your, where is your sciatic pain right now? And she goes, it's about a 6. And I said, okay, 6 kind of, you feel it? That's kind of painful. I understand that. I said, let's just watch what happens. I'm going to pray real short, and all I want you to do is just do a body scan while I'm praying and pay attention to see if anything happens. So I just prayed one of these really elaborate prayers that we pray here at the church, Jesus, heal, and left it at that, and I said, do you feel anything? And she goes, well, yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't feel bad. I said, well, where's the pain? She goes, it's like at a two. Shocked. Her face was shocked that it had jumped from a six down to a two, and I said, this is what Jesus does, so let's just pray again. So we prayed for her again, and I asked her where it was. She said it stayed at a two. But here is Jesus showing up in the middle of a subway, meeting somebody right where they need to be met, right? Isn't that awesome? So he's healing sciatic pain. Um, another one shows up, um, does the same thing, sees the sign, does the double take, which again, game on, fair target right here. I'm going after it. So I just run over to him. And as soon as I get to him, I said, what can I pray for you for? And, and she goes, I'm on my way now to the court. This is uh, the day of divorce for me and my husband. And she began to tell me a little bit about the story. It was just heart-wrenching. And, and she goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, this is awesome. Jesus knows what you need right now. So I just began to pray for her that God would give her wisdom, would give her words, would give her the right things to say uh, at the moment. I mean, she starts crying right there. And I'm like, God, how? this is amazing, right? This is exactly what people need. If we could just come out of our shells just a little bit, we'll meet people exactly where they are. And she said, thank you so much. That's exactly what I needed. Then the third one happened, and this one was pretty awesome. It was a, a mother and son combo, same kind of thing, double take at the sign, run after him, go get him. What do you need prayer for? And she goes, I have a really bad sinus headache right now. Can you pray for me for that? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you. Yeah, God's already been healing sciatica stuff, so why don't we go after, go after this? And I start praying for her for her sinuses, and as I'm praying for her, I get a word for the son that's standing right there. So I finished praying for her. Forgot to even check about what was happening with her. I just This word came so strong for this, this boy standing here. He's about 16, 17 years old. And I began to speak to him and said, yeah, God's created you really unique. You're like super, super strong. He's given you a really strong, deep heart. You're like a rock. You're like a really strong foundation your whole life. You've got real consistency and stability in your life. And I said, and he's, he's given you the ability to create through writing. And so I'm prophesying over him like this, and his face is going... He's got this just dumbfounded look over his face, and, and I just kept going at the moment just to finish what I was hearing. I said, God's given you the ability to write, and you create, and that's how you hear God. It's through a creative, creative writing kind of thing. Um, and he's going like this, and I stop, and he goes, do you know what my name is? I said, no, what's your name? He goes, Gibraltar. <laughs> and I said, well, what about the writing thing? He goes, man, I... I listen to songs kind of like a primer. I'll listen to music, and it's like a primer for me, and I use it, and I begin to write down what I hear, and I write songs 
by listening to other songs, and it gives me an inspiration, and I write it down all the time. He's always writing in his notebook. And he's standing there with his face, like, oh, my gosh, like this. And I said, now, how would I know that? How could I possibly know that? I've never met you before. I said, do you, do you believe who Jesus is? And he's like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And I said, this is how much he cares about you, Gibraltar. Send some dumb like, guy like me in the subway just to stand here, hold a sign to interact with you just so God can show you how much he cares about you and he sees you and he knows what's going on. And I said, and something happened to you when you were a little bit younger. And I said, I don't know what it exactly is, but it has to do with your father. And I said, there's a lot of pain involved in that. And I really believe God wants to meet you and, and heal you, whatever that is, whatever that is. And he said, yeah, my dad was murdered in 2013. And he said, they never found out who, who did it. And so I got to, in that moment, I mean, he's crying. I'm starting to cry in the moment. And I'm like, God, you are so good. You are so good to meet this individual right where they are and to say, I see everything that's going on inside of you, and I care about it enough. So to be able to lay hands on him and pray for him, him and his mom both crying and just touched by what God was doing in that moment, um, so profound, so good. But here's the thing, church. We all get to do this. We all get to do this. There is no such thing as... Well, there's an, there is such a thing as the anointed man of God, but I'm more interested in the anointed God of man. And when he lands on us, when he speaks to us, we have the ability to do this. So today I want to talk a little bit about that. Is that all right? I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that there's more to life than just showing up in a church building. There's, there's way more to life. This should be a celebration. This shouldn't be just a place where we come in to hear the word of God and then to go out and try to live a better life. You're created to be much more than just good little boys and girls. Hello? Hello? Good little boys and girls are an outflow of a life of living in the kingdom. It's not the goal itself. It's the outflow of living in the kingdom. So I want to read a couple of scriptures this morning. Let's start in the book of Colossians, okay? I want to read three verses, all out of chapter 1. Beginning in verse 19. Colossians 1, beginning in verse 19. And it says this. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ. Now, I want to let this settle in for a moment. Because here Paul's talking to the church, and he's saying, he's having to bring them back to... a from some crazy things that they're doing. They're getting caught up in philosophies and religion. They're getting caught up in all this stuff. And he's saying, you guys have drifted away and you have forgotten this entire thing comes back to the person of Jesus. Can we say amen to that? And he says, the entire, God was absolutely pleased to have his entire presence, person, character, nature living inside of Jesus. And we got to experience that. The church, right? We get to experience that. You get the fullness of Jesus, and he's, or the fullness of God living inside of Jesus. Now look over at verse 26 and 27. Verse 26 says this. This is a divine mystery, a, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded, manifested for every holy believer to experience. Are you ready? Here it is. Here it is. Get ready. I'm just saying. You better get woke. I'm telling you, it's coming. Here it is. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. The mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. Come on. 
That's got to be good news to you, right? Do I have more than six people in the room? Is this, maybe I need to read that again. Let's try it again. Are they woke? Here we go. Living within you, living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. The mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope. <laughs> yeah, you have treasure inside of you. A treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. Come on, church. You're not, as a believer in Jesus, you're not walking around trying to get more of him into you. You're walking around trying to get more of him out of you. This is a huge shift. We need to have this shift in the church. I think a lot of the church still has this belief that I need to get closer to God. You can't get any closer than your Siamese twin. It's not about trying to get closer to him. He was the one that bridged the gap and came to us, by the way. He came to us, fills all in all, lives inside of us now, and it's not a matter of us trying to get more of him inside of us. It's about getting more of him out of us. I'm standing in that subway after a week of being in New York, and we're having fun. We're enjoying all this stuff. But as the, worship, or the kids started to worship there, you feel the awkwardness. You feel this sense of like, man, people don't want anything to do with this. All these things are running through my mind. People don't want to have anything to do with this. But I hear the worship. It's happening. I look at the worship team, and I'm like, something's got to change when worship happens. It's got to change. Would you agree? It has to. Something has to change. Anytime you declare and proclaim the name of Jesus, it shifts atmospheres. It will happen. So I just choose to step into it. What I was feeling 30 seconds before did not negate the fact that I still had Jesus inside of me. Hello? I still had Jesus inside of me. What I had to do was shift my awareness. As much as I want to do anything else this morning, what I want to do is help us shift our awareness to come back to this thing. Can you put that passage back up there again? Let's just leave it up there. You can keep referring back to it. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. Come on, I'm hoping this helps. If it, I've got a lot in me right now and I can't get it out. What would it look like what would it look like if when we walked out of this door, our minds were consumed with this reality right here? And that he has set it up in such a way that the fullness of the Godhead is not manifested without you and I engaging in it. In other words, it's not coming past, through passive action. It's not going to happen by chance. There's this thing that runs around in the church, and I do believe in the sovereignty of God. Don't misunderstand me. I believe in the sovereignty of God. But I think a lot of times the church uses the word sovereignty to, as a means to check out. God is sovereign. I just don't understand. I don't know. No, I, I think we do know. I think we do know. He gave us a direct command, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, make disciples, right? He gave us a direct command. It never got rescinded. It's given to you and I as the church. This is who we are. This is what we're supposed to do. But I don't do it on my own. I don't do it by going and trying to get more of Jesus, more of Holy Spirit, and then go out and do it. I have to come to a place where I stop and recognize this right here, living within me is Christ. It's Christ in you, Galatians 2 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. You feel this. We have this treasure chest of hope that's filled inside of us, and the world is begging for it. The world is begging for it. Church, we're coming up into the Easter season. And you ever heard of CEOs? The people that go to church that are CEOs? Christmas and Easter only?
I'm, I'm thinking about it. We've got some outreach stuff we're doing. The guys, we're going to do some stuff this Saturday. Um, we've got every Saturday leading up to, to, let's call it Resurrection Sunday. I like that way better. To Resurrection Sunday. But I'm, in my mind, I'm going, why are we waiting? Why are we waiting to have people come on a Resurrection Sunday? Let's get them now. Let's, let's reveal who God is to them now. You can. You know you can do that. I'm looking at you guys. I'm looking at all your faces. I'm scanning the room, and I'm hoping I'm imparting something as I'm looking at you, that you have the Christ living inside of you. You don't have to wait for a Resurrection Sunday service in order for people to come encounter with Jesus. Why? Because he's in you. There's a shift coming to the church, and I'm glad. I think it's starting to happen more and more. You know, I've been in the church my whole life, 52 years old, almost 52, and I've, I've seen this happen, but there's a shift beginning to happen in the church where we're starting to wake up. We're starting to realize that it's not about people coming into the building. It's about the church getting out of the building. I've said this before, but it, it doesn't make any sense to me. We have taken the mandate of Jesus Christ, which is go into all the world, and we've put it on the church, and we've told them to go to church. Go to church, go to church, when it's our job to go into all the world. So I'm just, I want to put a challenge out to you this morning. What are you doing? Do people around you that work in your circle, that work in your sphere, do they even know anything about Jesus because of your life? Now, I'm not saying that to try to beat you up or beat you down. What I'm saying is wake up. Wake up. You've got the living Christ inside of you. You have the ability to bring it out. It's not so much about trying to work it up. It's more about relaxing, more about saying, okay, Jesus, you're here. What do you want to do? I'll step out. I'll bring it. We've got so many testimonies coming out of this body, and I love that. Bobby, you're a while back, praying for a, it was a coworker, right, the one who had the, the surgery? She had surgery to have part of her female parts removed on the inside, and you ended up praying for her. Tell me if I get this wrong. You ended up praying for her. She ended up, because she needed to go back in for more surgery? And when they go back in, if they either do the scan or they go back in for the surgery, they found out that the parts that had been taken out before were back. <laughs> they found out that the parts that they had taken out before were back. Are you awake in the room here? Do you see what? This is this is what we're talking about. This is this kind of risk, this kind of stepping out there, this kind of saying, realizing I've got Christ inside of me. He has chosen to embed himself inside of me, and all I need to do is release him. I'm all about, I love Christian apologetics and stuff like that. I, I, I'm all about that. We need Christian apologetics, but I don't think the gospel needs to be defended as much as it needs to be released. The best defense for the gospel is the release of it. What sets us apart from every other religion? That the founder that we all killed came back to life. I was walking past a church. It was a denominational church. I won't say which one. Walking past a church a couple of years ago, and outside in the front area on the grass, they had stones placed in a circle, and it had Muhammad, it had Buddha, it had all these names of different like religious founders in front of a church. And I saw that, and Jesus was on there, and I was like, yep, he's the only one not rotten in the ground. There is a big difference. There is a big difference. 
And that same resurrection power that happened with Jesus lives inside you and me. Look at Romans 8. It's there. I'm not making it up. It lives inside you and me. Jesus even says this to us in Matthew chapter 5. He says in verse 4. Sorry, verse 14. Matthew 5, 14. He says this. Your lives light up the world. Come on. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly for others. So that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Give their praise to your Father in heaven. Are you seeing what's happening right here? Sadly, I think a lot of today's Christianity, even though we're waking up, I think there's still a lot of today's Christianity where we're living in this idea that either it's, it's what we do is we put the responsibility on Jesus to do something that he's already done, or we take the responsibility and put it on ourselves to do something we could never do in the first place. It's weird. It's, a, it's religious nonsense. I think when he talks about taking a basket and putting over your light, that's what we're doing right there. It's hiding out in church meetings. I'm glad for this. Don't get me wrong. Don't, everybody's hearing me correctly. I'm not saying don't show up to church. <laughs> I'm saying there's something more to it. I'm saying there's something greater. I, would, I live for a day. I dream of a day when the church service on a Sunday morning begins to look like this. People are walking in the door, and people are coming in, and all they're doing is saying, let me tell you what God did this week. Let me tell you what God did. I want to tell you about this coworker. I want to tell you about something that happened in my family. I want to tell you about something. Why? That should be what we're doing when we're coming together, where we come in and we testify. We hear of the stories of what God is doing, and we share those testimonies in here, and it encourages us. It brings us to a new level of just interaction with each other and with God, and we begin to recognize that we have phenomenal cosmic power in this itty-bitty living space. Come on, is this encouraging you this morning? It's, it's religion. It's religion. It's that, that thinking that if I come to church and I hear a message that gives me goosebumps and then I take it away and try to apply it in my life, come on, church, we got to grow up. we got to grow up. There is way, way more available to us. You're not designed to be good little boys and girls. You're designed to be world changers. This is who you are. This is who we are. It's the church. The gospel, guys, it's scandalous. Did you know that? It's a scandal. The, the, the word says that. Galatians says that. It's a scandal. It exists not to tell us what to change in our lives, but to accept what Jesus changed for us. Hello? It exists not to tell us what to change in our lives, but to accept what Jesus changed for us. It's not a list of rules on how to behave, but a story for us to believe. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The rest of my natural born life, I will be spending it living with Romans 12, 1 and 2, which is renewing my mind. What Corinthians says, where it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. How many have heard that one before? 
Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And how many times have you heard that verse and you go, I need to start working on my salvation, making sure I'm doing what I need to do. That is not what that verse is saying. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The next verse says, for it's God who works in you, both the will and to do of his good pleasure. In other words, work out your salvation is Paul writing to the church and he's saying, do the math. Do the math and come up with this figure and this sum, that it's Christ who works in you, both the will and to do of his good pleasure. When Romans tells us to put on Christ, do you have this thought in your mind that says, oh, I need to get, I just need to be more like Jesus. I need to do, I need to do. That put on Christ, did you know that? It's so bad. It's really a bad translation of that. The word, the word there when he says put on Christ is the word enduo. It literally means to sink into. So when it's saying put on Christ, I like to look at it like this. Jesus is this wonderful easy chair. And when I find him and I need to put on Christ, I walk up to the easy chair and I go, and I sink into him. Lovers get more done than workers any day of the week. Any day of the week. Working out of rest, working out of union, communion with him will always get more done than striving. Always. You guys with me this morning? This is a short message. That's about all I have to deliver here. But I want to encourage us something. I, I really do feel this. This thing with the sin had more of an impact in me than I thought it would. This thing that happened here in Orlando, it had more of an impact in me than I thought it would. Because for me, I don't like events. I don't think events change people so much. It can. It's not a moment that changes people's movement. It's a jumping in and saying, this is the way I'm going to live. This is the way I'm going to walk. This is the way. How many in here have Jesus Christ inside of them? Okay. How many in here are saints? Put your hands up. But you don't know what's wrong with me. You don't know what's right with you. I have never come into my fullness by dwelling on what's wrong with me. Never. I'm not saying live in denial. I am saying deny a place of influence. If you're not a saint, then take the book of Ephesians out of your Bible. Because it's written to the saints. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you have inside of you? Jesus. Yep. Let's just stay here a second. Let's see what God does. Can we do that? But Andrew, aren't you supposed to deliver a message? Yeah, I don't know. really do believe that the gospel is God's final word on the condition of man. That you have been made righteous. You have been justified. You have been sanctified. Church, sanctification is not a process. Sanctification is a person. Read your Bible. It says that. He is our sanctification. Sanctification is a person. Hmm. Come on, Holy Spirit. You do the thing you do. Yeah. Yeah. I find oftentimes he wants to just reveal himself through healing people. Mm. 
start with that. Somebody in here have spinal stenosis? I just saw it. I saw something in the spine where it grows in. Anybody have that? I think it's, if I don't know my, I'm not a doctor. Spinal stenosis, something about, Lisa, you could tell me this. Is it something where it's like calcium buildup or something that grows on inside the spine? Okay, okay. Does anybody have that going on? Okay, right back there. Okay, buddy, just put your hands right back there on. Yeah, extend your hands. Put them on Joshua there. In Jesus' name, be healed, Joshua. The spinal stenosis goes away right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, come on. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Come on, all of that business just needs to stop. It's illegal. It's trespassing. Doesn't belong in the kingdom. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, that's good. All right. You feel anything happening in your body? You feel what? Come on, Jesus. Yeah, come on. Come on. That's good. Come on, let's, yeah, we, think, we always thank God for what he does whenever he brings any kind of relief, relief, no matter how big or how small it is. Why? Because we know throughout scripture that when God gives thanks, things multiply. That when we give thanks, things multiply. They multiply. So we say more of that, more of that, more of that in Jesus' name. More of that, complete healing in Jesus' name. Complete healing in Jesus' name. This is a weird one. I feel like there's something that's going on with like some internal bruising. Does anybody have anything like that going on in their body? Internal bruising? No? Any kind of external? No? I'm not seeing everybody's faces here. Come on. What? No? Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Just stay here a little longer, see what happens. It's so awkward, Andrew. I know, it's usually when Jesus shows up. <laughs> he was the king of making things awkward. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Just begin to worship him right where you are in your own space there. Thank you, Jesus. Give you glory and honor. Give you glory and honor and praise. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yeah. Don't always get these right, but I'm going with what I feel, what I hear. Is anybody in here dealing with something being caught up in a court uh, situation right now where you need some resolution? Anybody? Any court kind of stuff you need a resolution in it? No? You are? Okay. So everybody just extend hands right there. We're going to pray that that thing get resolved right now. 
I feel like there's something on that just to see it get resolved very, very quickly. And that it would be favorable, amicable, that everything involved in this, every party in this would walk away from this with, uh, with understanding that the resolution came because there was an intervention of Holy Spirit right in the middle of it. Come on, God, this is how good you are. You say you make all things work together for good. So even when things go bad, you turn it around and make it work together for good. So we're going to pray for a resolution in that that would be favorable and amicable and that everybody involved in this situation would come to know you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah. That's good. So good. So good. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's what you do. All you do is good. Your word says that. You are good, and all you do is good. You don't bring calamity. Satan's the one that brings calamity. You're the one that brings healing and hope. You're the one that brings life. You're the one that brings light and hope. Everybody hold your hands out here. I'm going to pray that Holy Spirit would just begin to encounter everyone in the room in such a unique and new way that would blow up the God box and that it would keep it from ever happening again, not just take God out of the box, but blow up the God box, that we would experience you, experience you, Holy Spirit, in a way that takes us into a deeper understanding of what it means to have Christ embedded inside of us, to have Holy Spirit working. I was telling the team earlier, guys, I, I don't think, I, I really do believe, the word says we are light, I don't think that that changes with our feelings. That if I don't feel like I'm light, I don't think Christ inside of us decides to flip the switch and turn the light off. The, the light switch is always on. It's not, it's, there's no such thing as a light being turned off. It's Christ in you. He is light. He is hope of glory. Just because our feelings don't tell us that we feel like that, it still exists anyway. It still exists. So I'm praying, Holy Spirit, it would just be a mind shift right now to bring us all back into proper alignment with who we really are, with what we carry. And Lord, I'm praying and making strong, big declaration that we are going to begin to see right now, starting right now, a harvest of people who don't know you, come to know you as their Lord and Savior, and begin to live a life that is full, full of favor, full of life, full of future, full of hope. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I'm seeing something else, uh, just a rash, some kind of rash on the legs. Anybody got rash on their legs right there? Come on, put your hands on him right there. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. All of that stuff has to go away. It doesn't belong, right? We can all agree with that, right? Jesus brings life. This is what he does. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We just say healing over you right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lungs? Jay says something going on with the lungs. Anybody having lung issues right now? breathing issues. Uh, if you've got a cold, don't think that, oh, well, I just have a cold. That's not a thing. Anytime somebody, a word gets thrown out there, it's kind of like a football, you can intercept it. <laughs> Respiratory allergies. Okay, good. Anybody else? Lung things going on. There's two right there. Anybody else? Three. 
Good. Just put your hand up high. This is how we do it. Put your hand up high until somebody touches you. Then you can put your hand down. Put your hand up high. There's somebody over there. They're not getting touched. It's just a wonderful thing to bring impartation. Put your hands on them. Once you're touched, you can put your hand down. And right now, just everybody around you begin to pray. Healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Yeah. 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 And one last thing. I want to finish with this. I want to pray specifically for it. I want to put hands on. I want to put hands on. So it would be best if, if this meets you for you to come up here. I want to lay hands on you. I really feel like because I, I personally received some level of breakthrough in this whole thing of understanding that my Siamese twin never leaves me. Um, if it's you, I, I want to pray specifically for you if you haven't re- yet come to the realization of your inheritance in Christ. Your inheritance in Christ, meaning you have access to absolutely everything in the kingdom of God. You have access to absolutely everything in the kingdom of God. Jesus said that. He says, I came to reveal the Father... And he says, now that you know me, I'm revealing the Father and everything, I'm sending you Holy Spirit and he will take of what is mine and reveal it to you. And in that same context, he says, the Father has put everything in my hand. And he says, he will take of what is mine and will reveal it to you. So if you don't know that you have a full inheritance or you just need to be stirred and waking up to this thing just a little bit, go ahead and come up here. Good. I like people who just jump on it. This is good. What's going to happen I'm going to be really bold with this, but here's what's going to happen this morning. You're going to walk out of here with a completely different thinking pattern. You're going to walk out of here with an awareness of what Jesus sees in the world around you. You're not going to just see it with your own eyes. You're going to begin to see it through the lens of Holy Spirit. You're going to, you're going to find that you're going to look at people and begin to cry for no reason. And the, other than the fact that Jesus is revealing, Holy Spirit is revealing through you what he sees in people. Yeah, make your way up here real close. I'm just going to quickly walk by and put hands on you. Yeah, Barb, could you do that, please? Of you, if, if you're not up here, that's totally fine. Just extend your hands this way.
as I was touching some of you guys, I was feeling like inheritance became the, the, the forefront of your mind. It became the very thing that you see all the time. And the things that you're struggling with, the things that you find yourself struggling with began, began to be so small. It began to be so small. It just no longer was a struggle anymore because you saw your inheritance. It became so big. The vision of it in your mind, it became so big that what you were struggling with became so small. I think that's kingdom stuff. I think it's time the church start taking a very dim view of sin. You hear what I'm saying here? Where we start taking a very dim view of sin, where we don't see it so much anymore. I'm not talking about sin and do whatever you want. It's not what I'm saying. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm saying it, be, it doesn't become the focus so much anymore, that we're so consumed with inheritance. We're so consumed with identity. We're so consumed with the work of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of us that all that stuff begins to fade to the side. You don't even think about it anymore. It doesn't even have the pull. It doesn't have the tug on you. It doesn't do the things that it used to do. It doesn't, it doesn't beat you up on the inside anymore. We take a very dim view of it because the things of God, the inheritance of God becomes more and more and more and more right in front of our face all the time. And we look at it and say, nothing is worth sacrificing this. Nothing is worth sacrificing this. Come on. Come on. Where there's been relational breaks and problems, I see God healing those things because of this. Your, your inheritance in the kingdom of God is all about restoration. That's what inheritance does. You get all of what heaven has. It's all about restoration. It's all about redemption. It's all about hope. It's all about future. It's all about the glory of God. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about salvation. Come on, does this feel good? Does that sound good to you guys? This is what you're getting. You're getting inside of this. Everything's beginning to shift. Yeah. God, I'm seeing you guys go to bed at night. You're going to bed at night, you're laying your head down on your pillow, and the things that were consuming you before, the worries and stuff that would creep in on you when you put your head down on your pillow were, are not going to be part of that anymore. All you're thinking about now is you go to bed thinking about, I get this. This is what I get. This is who I am. This is what I get to do. I can't wait to get up in the morning because this is what I get to bring to the people around me. Come on, so worry all that stuff, all that stuff when you go to bed at night, that kind of worry, that kind of like, oh, I'm just overwhelmed, all that stuff just dissipates. It dissipates because of the ever-increasing revelation of your inheritance. It's what Paul wanted us to believe. Ephesians 1, pray that we would see that, that we would see wisdom and understanding, be able to see what is the inheritance of the saints in the church, all this good stuff that he's deposited for us. I'm praying for this group right now that you would go to sleep tonight that as you go to sleep, that number one, worry wouldn't be there. But as you go to sleep, what Holy Spirit would do would walk around in the halls of your mind while you're sleeping and put gifts in corners so that when you wake up and go throughout the course of your day, you trip over them. You get up, you're going about the course of your day, you're not even thinking about it, but all of a sudden you trip over a gift he just left for you right there. And you pick it up and you go, oh, look how good you are. Look how good you are. Come on, does this sound good to you guys? Guys, I'm looking for testimonies. I'm looking for people who are going to say, I'm going to walk in this. I'm going to do this. This is who I am. You don't have to strive. You don't have to work. It's just all about resting, sinking into, saying, oh, there you are. Yes, God, there you are. There you are. There you are. There you are. Somebody's knees are getting healed right now. Somebody have knee problems? Anybody here? Anybody here have knee problems? Stand up. See if it's still hurting. Is anything happening? Anybody else? 
It's not popping right now, and it usually does. Yay, God. This is awesome. This is good, you too? Nope. Anybody else have knee problems? I, all of a sudden, right there, I just saw it's getting healed right now. Right now. So if you know somebody who has knee problems right now, you can just, like, pray for them right now, even if they're not in the room. Just believe that they're getting healed right now. Come on. Come on, Jesus. So good. Come on. You guys okay? Here, stay here a little bit. Are we okay? You're not going to find somebody in the church, guys, who hates hype more than me. can't stand it. I don't like religious hype, but I do want to live in expectancy of what God's doing. Come on. Come on. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. All right, good. Let's make a shift here. Stay here a little longer. Not a lot, lot longer, but I want to make a shift here. I want to pray for people who need healing in family relationships. People who need healing in family relationships. Um, if you've got prayer and that's not you, you can go ahead and go back. If, if you want healing in family relationships, stay here. Or if it's you out there, come up here. older I get, the more and more I see this happening, that the destruction of the family is one of the primary targets of Satan. It's the destruction of family and connection and relationship. Can we get our ministry teams up here for this? Thank you, Jay. Good, you're all over it. We're going to have teams. We're just going to start putting hands on you and just praying for you where you are right now. I think it's okay, and I really do feel like it's Holy Spirit saying right now, to, to go ahead and let your sanctified imagination begin to dream about what the healthy relationship looks like, what you want it to look like, okay? So you start doing that right now, where you are, you start doing that. You just start to let your sanctified imagination begin to see it, what it looks like, what healthy, what whole, what restoration, what hope, what salvation looks like to those who have been lost as they're putting their hands on you. You're just saying yes, and you're coming into agreement. We're just simply imparting this. Yeah. Yes, 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 God. Yeah. Healthy and wholeness. Yes, God. Yeah. Come on. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Health and wholeness. Yes, God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Jesus. breakthrough in this right here. There's some really good breakthrough in this right here. I have two names coming to mind. Will, William, and a Robert. Is that anybody up here? It's Robert. I know that's your name. It's a family member. I don't think they're here. You have a Robert? Yeah, and you got... Okay. The, what I saw them was encountering God and being absolutely absolutely, absolutely rocked. Rocked with an encounter that takes them away from religious ideology, that takes them away from all the pain where they've ever been hurt, and all of a sudden they're starting to encounter Jesus as real, as real. Yeah. Your dad's name is Robert William. 
Come on, let me put your hands on here. Right there. Yes, Jesus. Oh, wow. Come on, God. In, in, in retirement, Lord, I pray right now that he experience you at a deeper level, that it doesn't end, that it just increases. It says, your word says, of the increase of your government, there is no end. So we pray right now for Robert William, right there, that the kingdom increase in his life, Lord, that he see himself and his influence growing, and that even though he's not walking in a a world pastoral system, maybe, I think there's something there, that it, it moves into, he's imparting his life. He's learning now how to really impart his life, and he imparts his connection with you and what he knows of you, because it's increasing. It's increasing. His revelation is increasing, 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 Jesus still this thing with families getting healed, just relationships getting healed. Come on. Come on, judgments are dropping. Judgments are dropping and relationships are getting healed. Families getting healed. Families getting healed. Come on. Come on. I keep, I'm, now I'm hearing the name Caruso. Anybody have that family name, something? Caruso? Annie? Or Anne? Let's see. Come on. Yeah. Jesus. desire of every heart here to see restoration and hope, Lord. You're not only bringing it, it's not a passive thing, Lord. You're bringing it with the dynamic wisdom and grace that changes every individual here involved so that they bring the kingdom of God back into the relationship. They bring the true representation of Jesus back into the relationship. That fear gets kicked to the curb. Every judgment gets kicked to the curb. Every Everything that has kept the reality of Jesus from coming through and shining through, it gets kicked to the curb right now. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. 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 So good. So good. Okay. Yeah, I think we're good. I think that's all I have here. This is good. Jesus, you're so good. You're so good. Come on, let's just thank Jesus. Awesome. All right, everybody, shine.
everybody shine. You got the light of the world inside of you. Amen? Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.